Yo, welcome to BPM with my good friend, Mr. Sam Day. What's going on, man, Sam Day, man? Great to have you back. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. So thank you so much for the invite. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, um, as well as you can be in the, in, in the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. How about yourself, man? I'm good. Actually, you know what? Saying that about the pandemic... Um, you guys have got it good over there, man. Like everything's open back up. You know, you can go to the theme parks, you can have fun again. Where I'm sitting, sitting at the moment, we're just going back into lockdown. <laughs> so, so we got nothing like we got nothing exciting to talk about. Like in that respect, nothing is like okay. What do you do? Um, <laughs> stay at home. <laughs> I didn't even realize. I didn't realize um, you guys were still in lockdown or. Is everything still closed for you? Well, sorry, let me mute my phone. Um, what the hell is that? Um, everything's not closed, but everything's on like a an appointment basis. Okay. So basically you have to call them up and say, yeah, I'm coming. And then, you know, obviously no one's going out, but there's no theme parks open. Can't play football with your friends. You can't meet anybody. Mm. Uh, you got to be in by nine, but I heard they're going to push that to eight now. So eight wow. o'clock, everyone has to be in the house. Wow, that's crazy. A curfew, you know, a curfew for, for a pumped up flu. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, man. It's uh, not fun at the moment, man. It's definitely not fun. Mm. So um, anyway, you've been on the show before. I think people know you, but just give a quick rundown of who you are and what you do. Again, for the people who don't know. Um, so my name is Sam Day. I am a digital marketing consultant um, and online entrepreneur. So I run a YouTube channel called um, Day Tips, D-E-Y-T-I-P-S, where I basically educate entrepreneurs on how to best market their product or service online. So utilizing uh, resources such as um, Facebook ads, uh, SEO, creating a website using platforms such as WordPress. Uh, and I, mean, I guess WordPress is the best platform or Shopify, but you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people using platforms like Wix and um, Weebly and, and Squarespace. And so I helped us kind of create educational content that helps those people out. Um, I also produce online courses as well, um, helping like, yeah, thousands of literally tens of thousands of people have, have gone through my online course courses. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically what I do in a nutshell. That's that's crazy, man. That's 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 a lot of stuff, man. Where do you find the time to do all that, actually? Um, actually, it's it, well, it, it is a lot that I do. I'm used to working a lot because um, the grind is kind of how I got here in the first place. Mm. So I'm 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 used to putting in crazy hours. In fact, now I probably work less hours than I did a few years ago. Um, so like my life kind of is what I do. Like I'm, I don't know how healthy that is, but <laughs> like I, I feel a sense of purpose and identity when I'm, when I'm achieving new things, when I'm doing well in, in business, I, I, I feel happier just in general in life. Yeah. So um, yeah. And now, now because I do it full time, mm. it's kind of like a lot easier. So I'm not juggling it with a nine to five job or a part-time yeah. thing. It's like, this is my main thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it feels 
it feels it feels easier to manage. Yeah, that's um something I've been thinking about as well. It's like obviously I'm I'm working the nine to one, well, not really. Actually, it's kind of a nine to five actually at the moment, and I'm actually thinking, man, it's time for me to jump off that boat, and especially get into like stocks and investing. So um, that's what I'm going to do because I really need to free up some more time so I can focus on like this stuff, you know, the important, yeah. I think this is way more important than me going to a job and wasting eight, nine hours there and doing nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Thumbs. I feel like it's a, um, it's a balance. So when I first started, well, I've been in business for 10 years now. Mm. Um, and when I first started, I knew it was, well, you have to kind of have that self-awareness as well and, and know what it is that you need. And I knew that I didn't have the knowledge because I had no mentorship. I had no experience. I had no idea what I was doing. So I knew I needed time. Um, so for me, I always picked jobs that would help me in some way to, to, to progress towards the career that I wanted, which was to be self-employed. So mm. funny enough, we spoke about theme parks being open. So one of my first jobs was at Fort Park. Oh, okay. And I deliberately picked the sales role where I was mm. having to sell fast track tickets. Um, and sometimes you have to go outside rides and, you know, try and sell fast track tickets. You weren't allowed to leave your shift until you sold all of them. Really? So, yeah. That's so that cool, kind of man. taught me how to, how to sell what I needed to say to sell and stuff like that. And, you mm. know, cashing up and using the till and stuff like that. I knew I would need that information when, when I was full-time in my business. Mm. So I, I often picked jobs like that but also I picked hours that would allow me to, I didn't need to live a lavish life. I didn't need a fancy car or, you know, I've, I've made sure that, like I used to take the bus to work. So yeah. Fort Park was like, it was, it was a really long way away from where I lived. Mm. And um, you could take the train, it would take you half an hour, but I used to take the bus, which would take me three, four hours sometimes to get into Yo! work. Because okay. I, knew that I would save money. And whilst I was on the on the bus, I was working on my business, planning stuff. So I was using the time effectively. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of like grinded whilst I wasn't full time, mm. and so it prepared me for when I was full time. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what was see? That's the same um, philosophy I used actually. That's why I did quite a lot of security jobs because I knew I could sit in a building, and most of the time I had a job where I was alone. So there was no one bugging me and I could just learn all my stuff. You know what I mean? And be like, yeah, man, I'm getting paid to learn. So when people used to ask me, what do you do? I'd be like, I just learn at work. They never mm. really knew I did security. I was like, I just learn, learn at work. Um, so when was the, when was the moment you kind of found out? Like, cause you're a young guy. You ain't that, you ain't that old. Uh, you've been here for 10 years. So you realized pretty quickly. Okay. I ain't gonna, these nine to five jobs being a bank, bank, tiller or whatever you, you aim for you so when did you mm. realize i'm gonna do like marketing i'm gonna be self-employed oh, um good question so i started when i was around about well i started in business when i was about 17 see look at that that's um, the use quick did you have like a dad or someone who was like don't do that son none i had nobody I, well my mom to be fair my mom was very entrepreneurial mm. um and she's very she's had to like withstand a lot of pressure just in life in general, certain situations she's had to battle with like financially health wise. And I kind of saw her um, just kind of always trying. 
um, and she, she, there were times she would be working multiple jobs mm. and I would always try and help out, like whether it be like, I have a podcast with my brother as well. I think, I think you've seen it. Um, but on, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I talk <laughs> about like the struggles that we went through as kids mm. and I would sell sweets at school and stuff like that and make a 10 pound, make a 15 pound profit or whatever it is and put it in my mom's purse mm. um, at night because I knew she wouldn't take it from me. Um, so I'll just put it, push it in her purse. And my, my, my mom's a praying woman as well. So she would have looked at the purse and thought, it's <laughs> Jesus. Know, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus came down at night and, <laughs> and pushed some money. Maybe it didn't even help. Maybe it didn't go far at all. But in my mind, I felt like I was I was doing my best to, to, to contribute. Mm. So um, yeah, I started at 17 uh, and I just tried a lot of things and failed a lot of times as well. Yeah. Um, but I think in business, you have to learn to, well, there's two things. Firstly, you have to fail fast. The quicker you fail, um, the quicker you can get to what's going to actually work mm. and not dwell on what's what, what's failing. Because you're like, I knew I was going to fail a lot because I didn't yeah. know anything. So I was like, let me just try loads of things. Um, and then the second thing was kind of like um, just always getting better and improving, even if it's incrementally. So if I had done something and failed, but okay, cool. What lesson can I take from that? And the next time do it a little bit better and, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I would say my life kind of started to change um, in my final year of university. Mm. Um, that was when I got into e-commerce and it was because the business I was running at the time. So I was, I was working at Fort Park. I was also had an office job, mm. I had an offline business, called purple soul arts but um it wasn't generating profit so i was kind of like um basically pumping money into the into the company and i was full-time university as well so i wasn't sleeping and i wasn't i wasn't generating any profit so i said to myself look i'm gonna take this year this third year to focus on my studies mm. you know, i'm gonna quit all my jobs i'm gonna um put the business on hold and what you know in my mind I was like okay I've got a year to finish uni but I've got the rest of my life to run my business so um I said look I want to put the business on hold for a year just get through my final year and then and then um you know can continue afterwards what ended up happening was I said to myself well I need some sort of income so I'm going to start selling products on Amazon and eBay it was like a, it was like a eureka moment for me yeah. and I thought I was just going to make enough money to get to university maybe buy lunch and then get home you know train and whatever put put petrol in the car I think I was driving at that time as well um but the business ended up doing extremely well and we was I was turning over like a grand a week within the first four to six months or something like that really and, yeah and for me at the time you know having working like a really like a a shift job where I'm used to getting like five pounds an hour or six yeah. pounds an hour. <laughs> all of a sudden you're turning over like four grand a month and you're like whoa like this is this is crazy and I've and I've just started mm. um so that was kind of where I got my taste of the online world and where I was like wow I don't think I'm ever gonna have to work again mm. uh well not for anybody else anyway and yeah my life completely changed after that so so Amazon um actually first of all you went studying e-commerce so you kind of fell pretty much straight in see you had a level head straight away man you knew like i'm gonna do something financial do you know what it is 
I was very aware, um, and this this is kind of like it, it might be cliche, but obviously talking to you, I know you'll understand. But I've I've always been aware that I'm a black man, and yeah. being, being younger, I was very aware that I was a young black man and the stigma that was attached to that. So um, I have a story of like um, one of my best friends when I was growing up. He suffers with um, bipolar disorder, mm. and sometimes he would be in hospital. And there was one occasion where I went to see him and the security guard wouldn't let me in without being searched. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to search you for drugs. Um, And his his other family members that go to see him, Mm. not only do they not get searched for drugs, they don't get searched at all. They just walk walk in and walk out. Mm. But the interesting thing is his dad actually, well, his dad is a white male, but his dad actually smokes weed. I've never done drugs before in my life. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. a cigarette. So it's actually ironic because if anyone was going to bring drugs in, it was more likely to be some of his family members than it was than it was me. Mm. And I like that's just one example, but there's there's many examples and some in the workplace as well where I felt that I was definitely judged because of the color of my skin yeah. or looked down upon or frowned upon. So I always felt like in order for me to succeed in life, I was going to have to do it myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was kind of like my biggest driving force. I was well aware that if I don't work my butt off as a, as a black male, then absolutely nothing is going to come to me. Um, and so I, I've kind of had to have that drive of waking up at 3am or 4am and working, you know, late, up in, in, late to the midnight hour, yeah. just to kind of, just to kind of make my stamp in the world kind of thing. Mm. I shall tell you one thing that would have came to you, the cops. <laughs> they would have came to you eventually. For definite, 100%. For nothing, you don't even have to do nothing. You're just driving down the road, the cops will be there. Yo, what are you doing in this car? I'm just driving. All right, you're under arrest. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so, um, yeah. Okay, so Amazon. Mm. What would you, you know, there's people who probably want to know, what would you sell it, man? How do you make a grant? Because, like, even me, I'm interested. I'm like, yo, give me some tips, man. I need, I need to get out of my job. So what did you, what, how did you find your products to say, okay, I'm going to sell that? Or did you, where did you get your tips from, basically? Um, By that time, by the time I started selling online, I'd already had a little bit more business acumen. Mm. Um, And so all of the offline failures that I had um, helped me, online and I think that's why I was more successful online because even though I was new to online I I used all of my past experience of running an offline business to now run my online business in a better way so um, I think it's Theopathetus like who says it in one of his books that I've read and he's like smell what sells and literally that's the aim of the game particularly when it comes to e-commerce like you don't have to guess when it comes to selling products online but there's so much evidence um, that can help you to determine what products are going to sell well. Mm-hmm. So literally the first thing I did was go to eBay. And it's as, as simple as it sounds, you go to eBay and you search for like, for example, it might be, a, let's say you want to start selling like an airbed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go to eBay, you type in airbed and eBay will, will, t- will, will give you signs. It will say, oh, um, this particular listing has sold 50 in the last 24 hours mm. or this one has sold 10 in the last five minutes or whatever it is you click on that and it if you're doing it on your laptop 
there will be a clickable number that says mm. X amount sold. You click on that number and it will show you how many units of that product has been sold. And if you're seeing, well, like this person sold 10 yesterday of this product, then you know that's a hot in-demand product. I didn't have to pay for that research. I didn't have to do much. That took me five seconds to do. Um, and if you're doing that for hours and hours and hours and hours, you're eventually going to stumble across some gems that can make you an extra £100 a month, £200 a month. Some might be complete gems that make you an extra 500 to 1000 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the other key to that is what is the competition like? Because this is what a lot of people get wrong. They, they have a product that's in demand, but it, it's a saturated industry. Yeah. So you put your product in there and it's not selling because you're competing with way too many people. So it's about trying to find that sweet spot of a product that is high in demand, mm-hmm. but doesn't have too much of a competition on eBay so that you can slot right in there and take a percentage of the market share really. Um, and what, where I see a lot of people go wrong is they either don't do their market research. So they have no idea what the demand is for that product. If, if you know, if I see, for example, there's a listing on, e- on eBay that's selling 10, um, well, let's say it's selling one a day. So that's on average 30 a month. So I'm not going to go and buy a thousand units of that product because I'm not going to sell it because it's only selling 30 units a day, uh, 30 units a month. So I'm going to say, okay, so it's selling 30 units a month on average. I feel like I can sell, maybe I, maybe I feel like I can do better than this guy. Maybe I, maybe I can do three a day. Then I'm going to buy maybe 200, 200 units for the year or, you know, I'm going to use that initiative. Some people would just way over buy products and it's, you know, the demand isn't there for it um, or they wouldn't do their research at all. And there's no demand for this product. And the most frustrating thing is when someone has done no research, they just they just bought a product or they just made a product and they come to me and they say, Sam, I need to market it. And I'm like, well, there's no demand for it. So <laughs> marketing starts before you start selling. Mm. Do you, do you, uh, did you never drop ship then? Or was it just like you thought I got a thousand pounds, I'm going to just buy a thousand, a thousand products and then sell that for profit? Is um, that called lever- leveraging, isn't it? It's called leveraging. Yeah, I mean, I did I did a little bit of drop shipping. I never did it hard, mm. um, but I I did. I'm not like one of these guys who's like, yeah, I did a hundred thousand pounds a month drop shipping. Yeah. Like, I'm not that. <laughs> That's rubbish. I'm not that guy. Um, and like, I know there's people out there who do that, but mm. I more so did it because um, I I wanted to stop um, being so like manual labor with my business. I wanted my business to be a little bit more automated. So whilst I was building my day tips brand, I stopped mm. selling on, on uh, I stopped selling my products as much because I was trying to transition from being Sam, the e-commerce business owner to being Sam, the day tips marketing guy yeah. that I am now. But obviously it takes a while to build that. So it's making money. So in the, within the transition, I was doing less physical products and I was doing some drop shipping. I might be making like 30 pounds a day or 50 pounds a day. It wasn't something major major that i was doing um but i was drip sh- drop shipping like um sofa beds and fridges and ovens and not on a major scale but um yeah i have i've definitely done it um i think the major opportunity that i see with drop shipping is as a market research tool 
Yeah. So let's say there's a product that you want to potentially buy, um, like buy in bulk and start selling online and you feel like there's the demand there and there's not too much competition there, then rather than buying 100 units of that product, just drop ship it, even if it's at a loss. Mm. So, and I used to do that as well. So I used to drop ship, even if it's at a loss and let, and let it run for like a week, two weeks. And if I'm noticing raw, like I've sold 30 of this item in the last two weeks at, at a loss or at a break even. Now I know that there's the demand there and I can sell it. Let me now go and buy this wholesale and I know it's going to sell. It's not just going to be dead stock in the basement five years from now that I never that I never sold. So it's just it's these, li- these little tricks that people can use to like be successful online. All right, man. That sounds good, man. So um, you mentioned Ophetus. Fear of Ophetus, yeah. Yeah, is that a book? So he's, right author? he's a dragon from the Dragon's Den. <laughs> so um, I, I remember when I was younger... Um, and I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I knew, knew, had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I used to watch Dragon's Den every single day. I used to watch it coming home from school and I used to be like, man, I don't want to be on Dragon's Den. I want to be a dragon. And when I used to watch like, um, what, what's, what's the other one called? With, uh, uh, Trump, yeah, was Trump, yeah, um, was he part of the, uh, was Trump a part of the Apprentice? The Apprentice or... America one, but then um, the UK one is the one I used to watch. Yeah, okay. Um, and I used to be like, man, I want to be, I, I want to be the, the guy who's saying you're fired. Like, I don't want to be like, I wanted to be silent sugar. I didn't want to be the, one of the candidates. Like, so my ambitions have always been quite high. So I always read their books and, um, mm. read financial books. And, um, that's kind of why, where I got my, a lot of my knowledge from if, if it wasn't practical knowledge for me actually doing stuff in marketing, it was me just reading a hell of hell of a load of books and um taking courses and stuff so um yeah can you give me like apart from rich dad poor dad which everyone's read anyone who's anybody's read rich dad poor dad can you give me another two or three books that you would recommend for people to read could you think Um, of three now or let me think uh i think a really some some of the in terms of marketing Mm. I, I would recommend some of um, Russell Brunson's books. Okay. Um, because, I mean, the guy just understands marketing in, in a way that I think a lot of people would, would be able to benefit from. And I think when you separate the marketing that he's doing from the book itself, then you get more from it. So like when I read these kinds of books, I don't like, I, I read the books from some of the best marketers in the world. So I try not to necessarily just learn from the content itself. And I think this is what people, well, especially when you're, when you're in business, like the person who wrote that book, it's not for charity. You know, it's, no. they're trying to make money from this book. Yeah, sure. So you need to look at, okay, not, okay. Yeah. Read the book for what it is, but how did that person sell it to you? Like, what was the title of the book? What platform did they put it on? what um, sales process did they take you through? So um, there's one thing reading what someone does and then looking into what someone does. And I think that's where I've kind of learned the most because sometimes you don't realize by buying and reading someone's book, they've marketed and sold to you. And the strategies they've used to market and sell to you might not even be in the book, Mm -hmm. you know, but just by looking at what they've done, is a more effective way. But um, yeah, I think Russell Brunson, some of his books are, re- are really good. So I'd recommend that. 
I'm looking at these um, titles here. It's like dot-com secrets, traffic secrets, expert secrets. So, you know, something about the word secret is, um, you know, I feel like buying it right now. I'm like, oh, there's a secret in there, but I need to get it. So it's, yeah. it's pulling on you, like, your curiosity, you know. That's a secret, exactly. And, and one of the, like, well, this goes into sales copy, but a, a good sales copy technique is to um, make people feel like there's an exclusive club. Yeah. So if if I'm like, oh, let me sh- let me share the secrets that you know the, the biggest gurus in the world are not sharing with you, and if mm. I say that, then all of a sudden everyone's ears are creeping up. It's like, oh, I want to know what's going on in that exclusive club. It's like when you're in school, everybody wants to know what the um you know the um what do they call it the teachers what's the room that the teachers teachers um uh, oh, it's a teachers lounge it's not called the teachers, teachers lounge. lounge. Is like it called a teacher's lounge? Everyone wants, all of the kids are curious, like what goes on in there? <laughs> like, it's probably so boring. Smoking. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but everyone wants to know because it's a secret club that only a certain amount of people um, know about. So if you can make your landing pages or, or your product or your service sound like it's exclusive mm. um, in some way, then that could potentially help to, to pique interest could just like call your landing page, the teacher's lounge and everyone, <laughs> get a lot of school kids in it, teenagers signing up to your stuff. Okay. So there's always like, obviously some marketing, there's marketing. And then my biggest, I mean, that's my biggest question. I'm like, whenever I speak to somebody, someone's like, I'm going to do something. I always want to know what's your marketing angle. Cause you could, well, I don't know. You could sell. I mean, this is like a jar of herbal, um, tiger balm, tiger balm, tiger balm. You could sell this to, a million people if your marketing's correct. So I'm always asking people, what is the best marketing angle whenever you're going to market anything? Because I guess you could probably use the same blueprint for everything, actually, just wording it a little bit, you know, tweaking it. Mm. I think um, a lot of people, is a lot of people focus so much on trying to sell mm. that they completely alienate their customer. Yeah. And the customer is is the most important thing. And so um, a lot of people are like, oh, we mean we need to get 100,000 sales this month or we need to get 10,000 sales or we need to be making a million pounds this year or whatever, which in my opinion is just the wrong way to go about marketing. Mm. Because like in order for you to generate that money, it starts with the customer. The customer is the most important thing. So if you, if you keep the customer top of mind, then you're always going to do better in sales. And one of the things I constantly say in my, in my videos is that the better you know your customer, the easier it is to sell to them. Yeah. Um, if someone knows you and likes you and trusts you, then they're going to buy from you. And I think um, the, the, that, that's why we have celebrities. Like celebrities make money because their followers like them. Yeah. You know, some of the biggest celebrities in the world, if I think about like, if, there, if there's a movie and it has like a big superstar like Will Smith in there, mm. the movie's going to sell more because people know him and people like him and they, they like him in certain movies. Whereas if I was in a movie, like maybe a few marketing people would watch it. <laughs> it's not going to have the pull that someone like him would have. So um, the very first thing that you need to do is understand your customer. Yeah. Um, and and, and that, that needs to be the basis of of your marketing so you know like that I'm not sure what it was that you had in your hand just there but my first thing would be okay um let's say you're selling I don't know a Jamaican sorrel you know just yeah. Jamaican drink or whatever so you need to understand who 
who is it that's going to buy that? That's the first question you need to ask yourself. Like, who is it that's actually going to buy this? Is it people who are from the UK? They're, 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 they have Caribbean descent, but they're from the UK. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's your, that's your target customer. So what drinks are they currently, are they currently uh, drinking? Why are they drinking those drinks? What is the branding like? Uh, what shops are, are those drinks in? What things do they search for in, in Google? Because obviously you're, you're going to want to optimize your website for those searches. You're going to want to create ads in Google for those searches. Um, is there a particular type of content that, that these people watch on YouTube? Because when it comes to content marketing, you know, if, if, if you know that people from the Caribbean who are here in the UK want your, want your drink, you then need to think, okay, cool. Are they, are they um, uh, health conscious you know maybe they're thinking about things that they can drink or eat that will be healthy for them you're going to want to create maybe a caribbean uh recipe youtube channel for these people because you know that it's not directly selling to them but it means you're doing what's known as inbound marketing you're pulling them in Mm. so you're creating content that your target customer is going to find valuable and in doing so you're building trust with them so in your videos, you, you, can, you can promote your products, you can promote your services because you're creating content that is actually going to be beneficial to your target customer. Yeah. So yeah, you really need to do your research, figure out what your target customer want and need, um, figure out what is already in the market and how you can compete with that. Um, and if you keep your customer top of mind, you're always going to do well. Mm. What's your opinion on like um, cold calling? Just basically, or I guess you can cold call, not just at the door, but you can probably write people emails, you know, just friend people on Facebook and be like, hey man, I got this thing. What's your opinion on that? Um, yeah, that's, so that's more of an outbound marketing approach where you're kind of like reaching out directly to your to your um, customer. And I don't think that's a bad thing if you're doing it targeted mm. in a targeted way. And it, it also depends on what type of product or service it is you have to offer because I definitely, I definitely work with some brands and the, the, uh, they're not looking for a mass market. Mm. So for them to like start a YouTube channel doesn't make much sense because they're not going to get, a, there's not a lot of people who are interested in their product, but the few people who are is going to bring in a lot of revenue for them. Yeah. So it might be better for them to reach out to CEOs directly. Or if you're like targeting schools, for example, it might be best to just kind of like cold outreach and see if you can you know go to certain events and network and build a name in that way it doesn't mean all the time that you won't do some of the other marketing things that I teach um but I don't teach I don't teach outbound marketing approaches per se but um yeah it definitely can work um as well so doing a mixture of both why not yeah I think you should utilize all options towards like yeah your business whenever if it's available of course like for example I've got this podcast um BPM, like Uplifts, and uh, I don't know if it makes sense for me to go and write to everybody, say, hey, listen to my podcast. Sometimes it does, actually. Sometimes I send out of, like, a, a mass email on, a, like, a particular video, and then, like, I'll see that maybe 50 people more have watched it, and I'll be like, oh, so actually kind of does work. Mm. I don't do it all the time, though, because I'm always scared about this whole thing of spamming, you know, and I think they might just be like, who's this guy, man? I'm going to put him in the junk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, once, uh, once a month enough, I guess. Okay, so marketing done, traffic is the next big thing because you got behind you, it says traffic, conversion, sales. It's also one of the things that everyone's always asking, how to get more traffic? 
And do you subscribe? Sorry, before you answer that, do you subscribe to the idea that you should always put money into traffic? Um, it really depends. Like, I think a lot of people overhype a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, and so I've definitely worked with like, um, well, I'll put it this way. I generate a lot less traffic um, than some other people. And I probably make a lot more money than they do. Mm. And so traffic definitely doesn't tell the whole story. No. So I was recently on a live um, where, where I was talking about like Facebook ads and um, well, it was a lady called Vina V that I do videos with. And she was telling me that she was at a, she paid quite a lot of money to go on a course about like how to run YouTube ads basically. Mm. And there was a lady, I can't remember the exact figures, but it was something along the lines of like, she was spending, she was making like, let's say a hundred thousand pounds a year advertising on with YouTube ads but she was spending like 99,000 a year to accumulate that. So she was only really making like a grand profit or something <laughs> like that. So like traffic can become expensive if you're not looking at your analytics. Mm. And also it doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot of traffic to make a lot of money, um, which I think a lot of people are confused about. Like if you have a bad product, then no amount of traffic is going to solve that. If mm. you have a bad landing page, no amount of traffic is going to solve that. Um, the best way to accumulate traffic is, like I said at the beginning, is to actually have a product that people want and people will flock to it. That's what I did with, with, with eBay and Amazon. I didn't pay for any traffic when I was making a grand a week. Okay. And even now, I hardly I hardly pay for traffic, but I still get business like I'm doing uh, in, the lo- in the last year. You know, I've done work with LinkedIn. I've done work with Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done work with multiple companies and I have, I've, I've hardly run any paid traffic campaigns to acquire, you know, these, this business. Um, And last year I did like, you know, six grand months, 10 grand months in my business. And I would spend maybe like three, 400 pounds on traffic. Mm. Um, So it's not, it's not always about spending money on traffic. It's about kind of just knowing what you're doing um kind of thing so um yeah traffic is important you know without traffic without anybody seeing your product or your landing page or whatever it is no one can buy but it's definitely more about getting the right eyeballs so i'd rather get drive 100 people to a landing page who are likely to convert than a thousand people who are just the wrong audience Mm. um so you really need to figure out like even with like so people who are doing like um google ads for example um, search intent is so important. Yeah. So if you're, like I said, going back to the airbed example, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to sell an airbed, um, and people, and you're paying for keywords of like how to get a good night's sleep, if you're showing up for how to get a good night's sleep, you know, um, and this, this can happen because with, with Google ads, you have kind of like, um, with, with di- like different types of different keyword match types, basically. So you can be, using for example like a phrase match keyword and showing up for really irrelevant keywords so yeah you're driving loads of traffic through your google ads but it's not going to convert because someone who's looking for a good night's sleep is not necessarily <laughs> looking for a sofa bed yeah um, so you want to you want to that's going to bring a lot of traffic in but it's it's not going to convert well at all mm. so yes yeah, more it's definitely about what is where is this traffic coming from is it a high quality traffic source um, I always recommend people buy your traffic from from YouTube ads, from Google ads, from Facebook ads, Instagram mm. ads, 
um, you know, a, a reputable traffic source. Um, and then after that, you know, your targeting is super important. You know, who are you targeting? If you're running ads on Facebook or Instagram, you know, running retargeting ads is at the moment one of the, the most highly effective way to run ads. You know, and, and this is not just from the ads I run, but I'm privileged enough to have clients as well in many different industries. And I've seen like great results when someone is um, running ads against an audience that already know them, whether that be their email list or retargeting ads from, you know, like pixel retargeting. And this kind of getting complicated here, but like, you know, if you like read my free ebook, which I'm mm. kind of promoting, but not promoting, um, I genuinely speak about that stuff in there kind of thing to help break it down. So it's not, it doesn't sound so complicated. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's all about, it's all about quality of traffic, where the traffic's coming from, targeted traffic. Um, and then the second aspect to that is how well can you convert that traffic? I like that idea of retargeting ads because um, I heard about that somewhere before. I've never really done it myself. Like, for example, for the this web page, uh, the Facebook page of Black Uplift and stuff, I've got a lot of people who obviously follow the page. But I never really thought, when I try and do an ad, run an ad, I'm like, I need new people. Instead of focusing on the people who are already in, the yeah. you know, have already liked the page or whatever, or follow it. That's a good good piece of knowledge, man. That's uh, really nice. And, and I, I'll share this as well, really quickly. Like, when you think of some of the most successful e-commerce brands of our mm. time, they rely heavily on repeat business. Yeah. Like Amazon are so successful because we constantly buy from them. You know, we, we buy all the time from them. So, you know, you're fooling yourself if you think that you need to rely on new business. Like it's very expensive and time consuming yeah. to um, acquire a new customer. So when someone does buy from you or does land on your page, you need to do everything within your power to get them to buy again or to get mm. them to come back to your site again. And yeah. so a throwaway tip to anyone who gener who generates a lot of sales or customer interest through Instagram, for example, you can actually run ads against your Instagram followers. And for the brands that I've worked with who do have like 2K or more Instagram followers, they've seen a drastic improvement in their in their um, ad online ads just just by doing that. No nah, man, that's awesome. Thanks for that tip, man. I'm sure the uh, the listeners are grateful, man. They're like, yo, it's great advice. Okay, so the next thing would be SEOs. You hear this word, these these three initials being branded around everywhere. SEOs, SEOs. SEOs. I haven't figured it out yet. I can't figure it out. I don't know if I do it by accident. I just can't figure it out. Can you shed some light on SEOs for us? Um, so SEO stands for search engine optimization. And yeah. a when you think of SEO, immediately a lot of people think uh, Google. But SEO is super important for e-commerce as well because um, that is one of the ways in which I was able to gain success on eBay and Amazon and technically YouTube as well, which is where I've built my biggest audience. Mm -hmm. So um, SEO, however, it needs to kind of be put in its, it needs to be put into perspective because some people um, are working on SEO as like their main driver of traffic when really and truly they, they could get potentially shorter term success because uh, SEO is kind of like a longer term, longer term game. Like if I was to start an e-commerce business today and I create mm -hmm. a website for certain competitive keywords, it might take me a few weeks, maybe even a few months in some cases, 
maybe even a few years to show up for certain keywords in Google. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it, sometimes when, I, when I'm sitting down with someone who wants me to do or who wants advice on SEO, I, I, I want a, a fuller understanding of their whole business to see whether or not it's worth their time focusing all of that time and money on SEO when they could be driving immediate traffic to their site using mm. Google ads or, you know, Facebook ads or something like that. Um, that being said though, um, like SEO is pretty simple, especially if you are a local business, if you're someone who has a restaurant or uh, you're a bar bar or, you know, you rely on local, on local business, then definitely SEO is something that you should kind of prioritize highly. Um, a platform called Google My Business. If you go to Google and type in Google My Business, you'll find it. Um, you can kind of like create a Google My Business account and that allows you to get found. Like, you know, when you're doing a search on Google, say if you're in a certain area and you you search for restaurants near me mm. and it will show you all of those restaurants. Um, the restaurants that show up are the restaurants that have a listing in Google My Business. Yeah. Um, so you can get um, directions to that business. You can phone them up you can go directly to their website um so you kind of it's, it's important to, to to register for that and also um business directories as well mm. so any of the big business directories like yell um and yelp and stuff like that and some of the industry ones as well like if you're a builder or something like trust the trader or whatever industry directories these are really good as well because mm. sometimes if someone is searching for builder in whatever area and you're listed in the directory sometimes your directory listing can actually show up in in google as well mm. um, and because these directories like yell.com have a high authority in google you know they've been they're established they have a high uh, domain authority sometimes those listings can actually outrank your own website mm. at, at least initially as well whilst you build authority um because obviously Google are um, they, they 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 are protective over their reputation. Yeah, sure. So if we go to Google and we type and we we're, we're typing stuff in and we're getting rubbish websites all the time, then eventually we're going to stop using Google, mm. and that's going to be extremely bad for business for Google. Um, Yahoo is going to end up being the number one search engine in the world. So you kind <laughs> of yeah, you kind of have to prove to Google that your website deserves to be ranked mm. in the position that it's ranked for, for the keywords that you want to show up for. Um, you, know, you, ha you have to prove. And one of the ways to do that is to work on um, your domain authority and, um, you know, kind of getting other websites to link to you, building high authority backlinks and all of this stuff. And I think um, one of the major keys, like there's so much to talk about with SEO, but one of the major keys um, is your, the type of keywords that you're going for. So as a new website, as a small website, you might not have a lot of authority yet, but you can get these um, short term wins with SEO if you go for like the low hanging fruit keywords, which, um, in, you know, in the SEO world is known as long tail keywords. Mm. So if um, if you're going back to my my airbed example, if you are selling an airbed and you want to rank in Google for the keyword airbed, then is very unlikely as a new website, you're going to be competing with Amazon, with eBay, with, you know, Airbnb.com yeah. and, you know, all of these websites that have been here for years who have probably a hundred members of staff mm. just, just working on SEO. Like you're not going to compete with that. <laughs> so you need to kind of like 
um, try and find longer tail keywords, um, keywords that have a little bit more detail. So where to find the best airbed? Obviously, that's more of a content keyword. So you might want to turn it into a blog article. And then when you're creating that blog article, you can link out to your product pages. Mm. Um, yeah. And also, um, yeah, you can find those kind of longer tail keywords using platforms like answerthepublic.com, which is a free website where you can use to find keywords. You can use Longtail Pro, but that is not a free platform, but it kind of just, if you type in airbed in Longtail Pro, it will show you a lot of Longtail keywords that are associated with that keyword that you can utilize. Mm. Um, and another free way is like auto suggest in Google. So when you start typing something into Google, yeah. try to predict what you're trying to say. So you can use that as a way to kind of like create longer tail keywords as well. Um, and yeah, just lastly, so I know I said a lot, but lastly, <laughs> you have a keyword. You have to kind of remember that Google, Google rank individual web pages, not entire websites. Mm. So when you search for something in Google, you get a, a page, the most relevant page on that website to whatever, whatever it is you search for. So that means the more pages you have on your website and the more blog articles you have on your website is the more opportunity you have to rank for different keywords. So um, that's why I encourage people, even if you have an e-commerce site, which only sells one product is have a blog because a blog allows you to create loads of content. And every piece of content is a new article that can be found in search. And that's how you really over time build up your traffic in the search engines. But if you're creating a page today and you want that page to be optimized for uh, best airbeds um, for sleeping, then that keyword needs to be in your in the URL. It needs mm -hmm. to be in the H1 tag and H2 tag. Yeah. And it sounds complicated, but it's not. Like any, mm -hmm. if you're using WordPress or Wix or Squarespace, just look for where it says heading one. When, you know, you, when you're doing your text, editing your text, it will say heading one or H1. Just mm -hmm. use that font. Um, and your keyword should be in there, heading one and heading two. Yeah. Um, and make sure you use the keyword throughout your text as well. And use very, don't be afraid to use variations of the keyword as well. You don't have to use it the exact same way all the time. Um, make sure it's in your meta description um, and your meta title. And yeah, Bob's your uncle. It's SEO. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I was doing some research on it as well, man. Oh, thanks for that, by the way. And I came across Black Hat SEOs. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those techniques, I mean, it's, it's really difficult now to try and game the system. Yeah. Google, you're, you're, I mean, it's, it's so bad to the point where if you try Black Hat SEO and you get caught, you're done. Even if, even if you like, even if you get rid of the website mm -hmm. and you, you no longer use that website, obviously you might just like the domain name goes back into the stratosphere and anyone can buy that domain name. Yeah. So if I, if I now buy that domain name, now I might struggle in Google because that domain name is attached to the black hat techniques that the person using it before was, was, was using. So that's yeah. how deep it is. Like they can mess up the whole domain name. So you have to kind of do a check sometimes on the domain names that you buy that no one's used it for black hat SEO. Cause that can actually impede your um, ability to rank in search which has nothing to do with you but you know that's how deep black cat seo can get yeah that's that's crazy man that's crazy mm. all right um how what we do for time yeah we've got a couple minutes um so you got a pretty successful youtube channel now just quickly going off to youtube um how long you had a youtube channel how long 
Um, I've been on YouTube roughly six years now. Okay, six years. Yeah. Would you say that trying to build a YouTube channel is harder today than it was back six years ago? No. Do you think it's easier? I think it's um, just as hard. I would say it's just as hard. I mean, obviously, if you if like the best time to start a YouTube channel was like when it started, yeah. but the second best time to start is now. And I think it's 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 um, saying that it's harder now or that it's difficult now or whatever. It, in my opinion, is just just an excuse for people not to create content. That's true. Um, because when YouTube becomes even more like it's it's difficult for us to think of YouTube becoming even more of a part of our lives, but it will do. And when it becomes even more of a part of our lives, we'll be saying, oh, we should have got into it in 2021. Now that it's 2040, it's too late now. <laughs> so people are always going to use that as an excuse. Um, but you have to think about the way we use YouTube as consumers mm. um, and how beneficial that is. So even you saying like, I have a successful YouTube channel, it depends how you define success. So a lot of people would look at my channel and think, oh, he doesn't get a lot of views or he hasn't got hundred thousands of subscribers or doesn't have this or doesn't have that but as a youtuber who's reached ten thousand subscribers i've been to the youtube space and i've been able to interact with other youtubers who have the tens of thousands or the hundreds of thousands of subscribers mm. and they're they're still having to work a nine to five because they're not making any money or hardly yeah. any money from their channel so for me it's not about okay getting loads of views it's more about creating business opportunities. Um, like mm -hmm. I've said, you know, I, I listed a lot of companies I've worked with, like the Squarespaces, the Wix, um, the Printifies, for those of you who do drop shipping, I'm currently working with Udroppy, uh, LinkedIn. And the reason why I, I name drop all of these companies is because um, they, all, they, they all found me through YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, and this brings in finances for me. And there's so many different ways to monetize YouTube. So I make money from AdSense, from affiliate marketing, passively from um, sponsorship deals, mm. from what else? Selling my own products and services. So like, that, you know, there's times where I take time off of work and that might even be my most profitable month in the whole year, um, simply because a lot of my my income is, is, is passive. Um, so YouTube is a way to kind of like, yeah, create passive income, create passive traffic that comes to your website. And if you're doing the right kinds of things to optimize that traffic for um, conversions, then yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great tool. It's an amazing tool. You even get a boxing match out of it. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I would. I mean, yeah. I mean, the box. If you can get a if you can get a boxing match out of it and make some money with that, then great. Have you noticed that's the new craze at the moment? Isn't it? YouTubers calling other YouTubers out. Yeah, let's have a boxing match. <laughs> I think it was like the weekend. Um, Jake Paul versus some Ben Askren, and 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 to be honest, just a sidetrack. The way this geezer came into the fight, I was like, yo, he's been paid. He's looking to get in and get out as quickly as possible. And exactly that happened, man. He got punched out in 30 seconds. I was like, yo, I made a cool half a million, half a mil, <laughs> really for 30 seconds. I was like, yo, this key's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so so, so that, that's, uh, of course, if nothing else works, anyone who's trying to make it be, um, a YouTube space, just just be a boxer. <laughs> cool. Somebody right. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, just quickly, man. Uh, yeah okay let's quickly um tell us a little bit about mad, mad thing how did that start um so that is a 
side hustle project at the moment. It's kind of started in a similar way that Day Tips started, to be fair, um, in the sense that, uh, well, it's, it's, it was kind of birthed out of, of lockdown. So when lockdown, uh, the first lockdown in the UK happened, I moved back in with my family because um, I just didn't want to be alone at the time. And um, myself and my younger brother, we've always been talking about starting a podcast together. Mm. So, um, you know, we had more time on our hands. So we just did it. Um, and we've kind of been, well, when we did it at first, we didn't know if it was something that was going to continue. Mm. We just started for the, for the laugh of it, to be fair. Um, but then we started putting it out. We started getting a lot of positive feedback and even yeah. people who like I speak to, but I haven't spoken to in years. Like I was on the phone to my friend the other day and he was like, oh man, yeah, I've been watching your podcast. And I'm like, oh wow, is it? Like, I didn't even know. And he's like, yeah, man, it's so funny. And it's so you know, it's interesting <laughs> and whatever. So we were just like, well, if, if people are liking it, then let's just continue putting the videos out. Yeah. So um, yeah, at the moment, it's, it's um, kind of like a passion project. We enjoy doing it. Um, and we're we're kind of just regularly trying to pump out content, and uh, it's a, it's a it's it's a sigh of relief for me as well because I'm used to just being so marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah. Now I have an outlet um, to speak about other topics that I don't. Yeah, really definitely. That's why I did this man because I was like, I'd like to talk about you know I'm a guy who's full of knowledge and ideas and creativity, and I'm like, man, I need to be able to express this man and talk to people like-minded people like yourself. So that's why I started Black Up because now I get to speak to like we had a woman from America talking about love coaching and then another woman talking about the touch, especially it's the touch and all these really unique, special guests coming on now. And I'm like, wow, I get to meet great people just because I offer this 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 podcast, which is not really, mm. you know, it's just it's, it's a passion, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, um, I think we're going to run over a little bit. Uh, is there anything you want to add before we close up? In closing, in closing, um, on on what what specific is there anything specific on marketing or just in general? You know the thing is, I feel like we could keep talking, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to get you back on the show because there's I got more <laughs> questions, but I'm like, I try and keep these about an hour long. Okay, so I'm like, oh man, if I, if I do another another few questions, then we're probably gonna go over to like two hours. So let's do another show. Okay, cool. Um, I'll book you back in, uh, but maybe you can tell us about day tips a little quick, quick tips. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess this is a time to plug the formula. Um, yeah, yeah, plug, plug yourself. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug it, but in a way that teaches as well. Yeah. So obviously, I've got this ebook right here with me, um, which I call it the formula. Um, and I have it in ninety percent of my videos and courses. And that is my um, lead magnet. So obviously I talk about like how important it is to not just drive traffic to your site, but also to convert that. So you have to think about like marketing is all about like the mind as well and understanding how people's brains work and what, what is going to make them want to make a buying decision. And one of the things is familiarity. Um, like if someone is seeing your brand and your logo and your product for the very first time, normally they're not going to make a buying decision there. Like all you have to do, um, I was going to say something that might have got me a little bit cancelled there. So I'm going to switch it up because we're in the cancel culture. But all you have to do is watch a person, they could be of any gender, um, shopping. 
and you will notice that they go to they, they go to a product they look at it they look around and then they come back to it again and they might even leave the store and think about it and then look about look at it online and then they go back to the store and then they make the purchase mm. so it's about hanging that product in front of them for a long enough time for them to um, get to a stage where they're ready to make a buying decision so the reason why i've got this formula here is when whether someone is seeing it consciously or subconsciously when they go from my YouTube channel or an advert that they've seen of mine and they click on my website, they're now seeing that again for the second time and it's familiarity and they're like, oh, I've where have I seen that before? Oh, traffic plus conversions equals sales. Okay, cool. Let me go and download that. So even if they haven't gotten to the, to, 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 like, let's, someone's, let's say someone's watching this podcast mm -hmm. and uh, you leave a link to my channel or whatever, they don't get to this part of the podcast. They might have stopped watching it before this. But when they go to my website and check me out, they've subconsciously already seen that. And they're like, oh, where have I seen that? Let me let me download this. So um, the formula is is my way of getting leads from um, else, you know, loads of different places on, on the Internet, from YouTube. My course is on LinkedIn. Uh, my course is on Udemy. You know, I'm always referencing it. Um, and you can kind of do the same thing as well. And I made it into a physical thing that people can see in my videos as well. Um, so if you do download it, I made it very useful. Um, so I speak about SEO, how to do it effectively. I speak about Facebook ads, how to run Facebook ads for your business. You know, the Facebook pixel, what that's all about, where to install it, um, how to do conversion optimization. I speak about Google ads and what that's all about and, you know, and stuff like that. So email marketing is, is in there. Basically everything you need to know about, you know, the basics to marketing your product or service online is within that formula, which is another tip. If you do have a lead magnet, make it really useful um, so that people want to share it and, you know, they, they'll be interested in what else you have to offer. <laughs> Excellently put, man. I'm going to download your ebook and read it. And then maybe the thing is, can I help some like me who's just doing podcasting? Because I don't um, really sell anything at the moment. A hundred percent. I mean, sorry, shameless plug. I sell the t-shirts. Yeah. Buy one of those. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think you have, it depends on how you take the information and what you do with the information. Mm. Obviously, um, if, if you're focused on like, if you're mainly focused on content marketing, then you're going to want to have a look at the, the more SEO side of things. And where I speak about like social media marketing and stuff like that, mm. like a lot of people, if they understood social media marketing a little bit better, and that was their main, their main way of their main driver of, you know, accumulating a fan base. Um, I speak in the formula about, you know, uh, having or, or pro producing valuable content. Because essentially it's your content that's going to get people subscribing or following and whatnot. So the three keys to valuable content is entertainment, education, or inspiration. Yeah. So you need to understand what your content is doing to your target customer. Is it entertaining them? Is it, is it uh, educating them or is it inspiring them? So if you're a, a Tony Robbins or, um, you know, an Eric Thomas, then your, your product is inspiring because they do yeah. seminars and whatever. So your content needs to inspire your target customer. And if your content is inspiring them, then they're going to subscribe and they're going to follow you. Um, if you're like me and you do and you, you do educational type stuff, then you need to make sure your content is heavily educational and people can come away 
thinking like, wow, I learned a lot kind of mm. thing. And that will inspire them to go and buy your courses or buy your book or come to your training seminar or, or whatnot. Um, but there's also entertainment. So like you mentioned, the YouTube boxing, like the KSIs um, and the Jake Pauls, or, you know, if, if you if you are a comedian or something like that, or your product is a, a, some sort of game or toy or something like that, then your content needs to be entertaining as well to attract people who want to be entertained. And then you can sell to them on the back of that or do sponsorship deals or, or whatever it is you want to do. So, um, yeah, the, the formula speaks about that kind of stuff as well. Um, and I always answer questions. So when you download it, you get put on my email list. You can email me your questions that you have from it. Or if I send you an email, you can always respond and I, I reply to people. So it's quite an interactive community that I'm trying to build here. All right, man. That sounds good, man. Just one last question before you give us your handles and stuff, where to find you. If I was to say, yeah, I need somebody to do my stuff, could I book you? Could I say, yeah, I need you to do my SEOs, my, my marketing and stuff. Could I book you? So I have a team of people who help with... Um, with marketing so the very first step would be uh normally a meeting so mm-hmm. i can figure out what the needs are where what stage of the business of the business you're at and what your specific needs are um, and if you do need seo done for you then um yeah I, I can kind of push you in the right direction of where to get that done there's only a a handful of people that i work with um who i believe are the best in the game um, <laughs> yeah so I, I there's a possibility Obviously, I can't service everybody. So that's why I normally put out my educational content. Mm. But there's, um, yeah, depending on your budget, depending on where you are in the business, then I might be able to to, to help to service you in some way. <laughs> that's excellent, man. Mm. All right, man. Someday I'm going to have to check my finances before I um, yeah, book you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Nah. <laughs> jokes aside man hey someday give us all your handles man where can we find you let everyone know where you can you know um so the best place to find me is on youtube um if you search for day tips or even just for sam day so day tips is spelled d-e-y-t-i-p-s um i'm also on instagram at d-e-y-t-i-p-s so at day tips uh, you can find me on linkedin as well search for sam day um my email address sam at daytips.com and my website obviously daytips.com which is where you can get the formula so um yeah those are my 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 main platforms yeah man someday we made it it's been a great day (laughs) no no pun intended (laughs) thanks for joining us man uh remember subscribe to you man if you need any help with um traffic conversion sales uh, marketing this is your guy man Black Up Loops approved. Stamp of approval. Thanks for joining us. We're going to get you back on again. Well, obviously, you know, we always need our close guests back on. And a guy who looks a bit like me, you know, could be my, <laughs> could be my cousin. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah, man. Pleasure's all mine, man. Thanks for taking the time out to speak to us, man. Sharing your wealth, man. And I uh, hope it helps a lot of people. Mm. All right. So on that note, catch up with you. See you later, man. Take it easy. Yo, peace, peace.